Hi, and welcome to Tipping the Balance. I'm Katie Hickey, your host, and today we hear from Mandy Hyde. Mandy worked a high-pressure job as a top television producer for the BBC and Channel 4 for many years. Mandy worked on some of my favourite TV shows growing up. The Close Show, Embarrassing Bodies, Ten Years Younger are just a few of them. Mandy says in her 20s she was burnt out working hard and playing hard and eventually it took its toll and she was diagnosed with an overactive thyroid at a young age. Despite three years of very strong medication to try and make Mandy better, nothing was working. A close friend of hers suggested giving homeopathy a try and despite Mandy's scepticism, she did give it a go and that decision changed her life forever. Mandy's story is one of taking control of her own health and recognising what was important in her life in order to maintain a healthy balance. Mandy is a fellow cold water swimmer and she shares what regular cold water dips has done for her. This episode is a really uplifting chat. Please share with a friend who you think will enjoy it. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you for making the time to be a guest on the show. I'm excited and I'm really excited to be able to do an interview face to face because I haven't really done many. Mandy, I met you because we live in the same area in Devon and we have, I think, fallen in love with cold water swimming together and so we've got to know each other through that um and i thought that your life story was fascinating we were discussing before we started recording about some of the themes of the podcast and how a lot of my guests have been through some kind of either crisis or transformational event and for you you're going to go into the details in a bit but talking about your health and changing your career and starting your own business is just loads of things to kind of dive into um would you like to just start by giving a little bit of an introduction saying who you are and what you do yes thank you katie it's lovely to be here i guess what got me into all of this um you know, in my 20s, I got a fantastic job. I was so excited because I got a job at the BBC and um, on a really fabulous fashion programme, and um, which was called The Clothes Show. Oh, my God. Which was huge in the 90s. Yeah. So I um, loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> so I, I, I was basically, for a few years, filming all over the world, or Europe, really, in Milan and Paris and all the fashion shows. I worked really hard. Um, loving every moment of it really and then basically probably six seven years in I got quite poorly Mm. um with an overactive thyroid um so really that's what led me to what I do today which is now I'm a a professionally qualified homeopath amazing yeah and um yeah that is quite a change isn't it going from like your kind of high-flying job in tv and then changing and yeah going through the the health crisis and now yeah focusing on homeopathy and um, before we go into what homeopathy is and what it did for you i'm really interested to hear maybe a bit of gossip <laughs> about what it was like to work in tv because i know from some of you've to- told me about some of the shows that you've worked on and they were all like probably my favorite shows yeah like the clothes show and i think you worked on what were some of some of the um, other shows that you worked on yes yeah, so 
yeah, I sort of did eight, ten years probably at the BBC. So I did lots of programmes, um, like The Clothes Show and Top Gear, Country File for a number of years. And then I moved on to more Channel 4, uh, what I call voyeuristic TV, <laughs> which was things like Embarrassing Bodies, yeah. How to Look Good Naked, Ten Years Younger, oh which was the first plastic surgery programme um, in the UK at the time. Wow. Um, so yes, I, I worked in this sort of TV production background, really for a good 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, and, but as time went on, I realised that working hard playing hard as well you know it took a it took a toll really so I had to sort of slow down and um and I suppose I made changes really um and through natural medicine and through getting getting through my illness and getting better with with homeopathy it's then led me into to what I do today Mm. which um is purely homeopathy really Mm. yeah that's that's my my job and passion now and what did working in those kind of like you say voyeuristic type programs I mean they were all sounds like very kind of aesthetic focused and look you know 10 years younger and all of that kind of stuff did that have an impact on how you perceived yourself like did did it kind of or did you see it very much as no that's a tv show and or did it did it start to kind of change the way you thought about yourself or the way that you like you know how how you felt about how you looked for example and stuff like that um interesting question really i think i'd always worked on the, the sort of what we were what they call in tv leisure and lifestyle so it was always in that um sort of early evening or prime time slot which is that kind of television it's kind of easy watching mm. appeal to the masses 8 p.m so I don't know. I suppose I'd always been fairly conscious of image after working on fashion programmes. Mm. It becomes, you do think about it, mm. but equally I'm quite pragmatic. I'm quite a down-to-earth, grounded person. Mm. And I think the roles that I did in production, it was very much about managing people mm. and scheduling mm. and budgets. I've always been quite conscious not to get carried away with this all. And in mm. a way, that's why... I was pretty good at what I did back then Mm. because I didn't get caught up in the glitz and the glamour of it, actually. Mm. And my role was very much about doing things right and, you know, hiring the right people, you know, doing good deals with Mm. presenters and fair deals with agents. Mm. And that's something I feel quite passionate about, actually. Mm. And latterly, probably one of the reasons I did leave the media world is because ultimately you can't sometimes you can't make the programs they want for the schedule and the money Mm. and I felt quite conflicted about that Mm. having had a family myself by then um you know working round the clock traveling to London and back daily is just too much really Mm. um and again I think when you you know as you get older you become more in tune with yourself Mm. and what you need and what is what feels right for you Mm. which then does help you make those major Mm. changes or decisions in life to make things a bit better and and um do you want to talk a bit about your the issues you had with your thyroid and how because I remember when you were telling me about this on on the beach one day and you saying that um you know you started to you were kind of not feeling well but um 
it was it was quite a long time that you were suffering with the overactive thyroid, wasn't it? Do you want to yes. maybe start from the beginning, how, how you started to notice that things weren't quite right? Yes, yes. Um, so I've been working quite hard, as you do. You know, we're all in our 20s. You do work hard, I think, as you're trying mm. to prove yourself. What happened was, I well, a lot of it I didn't really notice at the start. I'd probably been becoming ill, probably for a year or two. And um, I remember going to the doctors because I had a really bad skin, actually. Mm. And he referred me, my GP referred me to a dermatologist. And I'll never forget it because the first thing he said is, oh, I know you're in here to talk about your skin and acne. But has anyone talked to you about your thyroid? And I said, no, not at all. And actually, in hindsight, when I went home and looked, my neck was really quite enlarged because mm. that's where the thyroid gland is located. And it did look, it, it was swollen, it was big. Um, and then you start looking at other things and I remember it was like January time I was wearing vest tops in the office and so my body was already well I was in hyperthyroid state Mm. Um, and then again I noticed I hadn't had a period probably for nine months I was very hot and sweaty every night Mm. and drenched you know bed clothes so there was lots of things that you don't actually put together but when you look at it and then of course they tested me and they test your teeth TSH levels for thyroid function and um, you know it was really off the scale I was really hyperthyroidism Mm. at that stage and it was so bad I remember them saying you're so high like the doctor called me the next day and was like right you've got to go on medication straight away Um, and yeah so that was the start of it so I started taking a really quite a heavy I think it was 40 milligrams of carbimazole which was the the thyroid medication and um, but I didn't actually start to feel any better although the blood tests showed over the next number of months that you know my um, T4 T3 levels were all reducing Mm. actually I was feeling a lot worse I actually felt okay (laughs) you know even (laughs) though I obviously physically I wasn't okay (laughs) mentally emotionally I didn't feel terrible Mm. because you know I was still functioning my body okay my body wasn't functioning that well but I was you know I look back now and now I know more about holistic medicine I know what was going on Mm. my thyroid had speeded up essentially Mm -hmm. tried to make my metabolism work quicker so that I could do all the things I wanted to do which was you know flying here there and everywhere working traveling at weekends and and now I realize that's kind of my natural it's something I have to watch I am somebody who likes to do things (laughs) you know I've got a lot of enthusiasm for life so if I'm not careful my body will go into overdrive and that's really what had happened um but the medication didn't really make me feel any better all my levels look better but actually I become depressed antisocial the skin had probably got worse um still having no periods and I think as a young woman without you know a healthy cycle lots of things are out um so I mean I took that medicine medication for a good two three years and you're not really meant to be on it longer than 18 months it's quite a heavy med Mm. medication which will affect organs so that's when the doctor started saying look you know it's not really working Mm. um you need to have radioactive treatment which is where you take radio iodine and it will kill off part of the gland um but again by that point I was because I wasn't feeling any better on the medication I thought I'm not going to take do something else that might not make me feel any better and actually that sounds very permanent Permanent, yeah um 
and it was just <clears throat> bizarre because actually it was a really good friend at the time a good friend who was seeing a homeopath for stress and anxiety and she said to me oh I've talked to um Bernie that was her name about you and she said you're too young to have this you you know you should look you have a think about homeopathy and I genuinely I'd never heard of the word before <laughs> wow. I didn't even know what it was that's amazing and I was a bit skeptical I was like really and then I found out you had to pay you know you don't pay for health <laughs> do you in the UK I had to pay for the privilege and I thought oh I can't do that 50 pounds but actually my friend sort of forced me to go a little bit and um, it was the best thing I've ever done I look back now and it was the best thing because it's totally changed my life I got better. I literally have I've never been on medication since. Wow. Um, I came off all the meds and, you know, it, it took a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've never looked back. And now I see it as a really good thing that yeah. happened to me, whereas at the time it was pretty devastating, mm. um, you know, all the, the illness. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can honestly say, hand on heart say, I've never had a thyroid problem since. I've recently had it checked and it's all absolutely fine. I was going to say, so yeah, you have had, you do have like blood tests. Yeah, to, well, I do. Do they monitor you or not? No, no, I kind of came off the books really, only because they got rather annoyed with me in terms of taking homeopathy. That's a whole other story. A lot of conventional doctors don't like mm. talking about homeopathy. So, um, but no, I had, um, I had um, some tests for something else actually, and the thyroid function just happened to be in it. And they said, oh well, you know. The, the, the thyroid's fine so that was quite interesting yeah i mean you've just mentioned mm. something which i which i had thought to to talk about and it's this idea of conventional doctors being i mean skeptical is is often what in my experience anyway skept, skepticism is probably the mildest form of what you can sometimes encounter and other times people can get quite angry about it and I mean I know just kind of in my experience as a vet um obviously you know talking to other vets and hearing what they say you know about if they've got clients that their patients want to do homeopathy on their animals and some people can get really irate about it um which I mean I just don't see everyone should be able to make decisions for themselves I don't see why you get so irate but interesting what you said about the doctors getting kind of fed up with you so um I mean why why do you think that is that this skepticism or even kind of anger towards patients taking control of their own health why do you think that upsets them so much you know it's interesting that question because it's I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, they've studied one system of medicine quite often. Yeah. And I think when you challenge it with, you know, Chinese medicine or, you yeah. know, Indian medicine, you know, there's different yeah. types of health. I think some people are open minded to that, yeah. you know, and will say, oh, yes, there's different forms yeah. of, you know, of health care. Other people, I think, if they've just studied for seven or ten years on one system and one way, I think that's what is difficult to totally because you know natural medicine is almost the opposite mm. it, you know i think it can work hand in hand and it's called complementary medicine yeah. for a reason mm -hmm. because i think they work wonderfully together mm. however it's also taken on this name as alternative medicine mm. um you know which i don't think is probably the the best approach no. um you know for some people it is an alternative but for many it's a it's a complementary mm. medicine 
and um, I think it really goes down to how you've learned because um, you know there are doctors I treat paramedics I've got mm. doctors on my books oh, interesting. often they're older and retired <clears throat> actually the doctors are because they say oh you know I wish I'd learned I wish mm. I'd studied homeopathy but mm. actually they've already had a career in mm. conventional medicine which is absolutely fantastic mm. but they are they're, they're just almost different systems mm. and I think some people are really challenged by looking at it from a different perspective mm. actually mm. and that makes me feel that when people do challenge me now I'm all you know years ago when the doctor the professor Franklin I think <laughs> she was called who was the thyroid professor she said to me don't mention that word in my in my clinic and I said well I'm sorry but that's what you know I've been taking homeopathy and that's what's made me better and I've really my medicine medication is now down to zero and she actually said to me, she said, you would be back in here within a year asking me to have the radio iodine. And I said, I really don't think I will. And let's leave it there. And that was the last time I was in that thyroid clinic. Wow. Did you ever think of writing to her or anything now? Like, does it ever yeah. play on your mind? That's the kind of thing that I would, like, wake up thinking, I'm going to write to that doctor. <laughs> you but... know what? I didn't. But there was another doctor, Dr. Skinner, who I paid privately to see because he was actually somebody who did stick his head out of the parapet because there's a whole it's a whole other subject and podcast in a way, but lots of thyroid medication often because of they say that the levels when you check um, they're not that accurate and often people will report the the blood tests will report that the thyroid function's fine, but people often will will um, not be displaying those Mm. um, improved symptoms. So Mm. there's a whole other field there. And there's a thyroid action group I spoke to because I wasn't getting anywhere with certain conventional doctors. And they put me in touch with this other doctor, Skinner, who actually, they tried to strike off because they said he was going against the grain with thyroid medicine. Mm. But he really helped me reduce because you know it's quite scary to take yourself off medication without Mm. a a professional behind you of course and actually he he's no longer with us but Mm. i did write to support him because he the gmc Mm. um the general medical Medical council council um challenged his all his work Mm. and he had to go to court and i actually wrote a letter that got read out in court for him because it was, I feel like he really helped me with mm. the whole issue of my medication and helping me come off it whilst I was, I was taking all the homeopathy. Yeah. But I kept having people say to me, you can't stop your meds, whereas he, he actually said, you can. You mm. are not displaying. Mm. You're being treated for hyper, but actually this medication's not working for you. Reduce it. Mm. So, yes, I wrote for him. Mm, that's so because I heard about a week before that he was being taken to court over it all and he, he changed, helped change my life really I think that's interesting because you know yes I've got my kind of background as a vet but then I've also been heavily involved in like the doula world and birth world and working alongside doctors and midwives in that capacity and often you see that kind of power struggle um almost every single birth that I've supported there's been you know doctors saying oh no we really don't think that you should do this or you know that's again that's the nice way of putting it sometimes they can be just really quite aggressive and it's almost you know I I could say easily say actually that the doctors sometimes bully the the women to do what they want and so it's interesting to hear your experience because it sounds 
very similar to you know you were the doctor was kind of bullying you and, and putting down what you were saying when actually it makes me so angry because I just think as the person who's actually going through the illness you are the best person to say you know how you're feeling and how the medication's affecting you and I, I just think it's a really terrible way of doctors practicing to dismiss what their patient is trying to tell them and it's so such a shame because it's a missed opportunity there for really connecting with someone and and yeah working to improve their chance of having a good outcome like if you just I just don't understand this kind of confrontational style of of medicine medicine it's just so uh, maybe egotistical or like you said you know they just think one way of doing it but um yeah I think it's such a shame that that is so commonplace Um, yes absolutely I agree I think a big part actually of getting better and improving health is about taking ownership of your body and your health and what you're putting in it. And I think the old-fashioned way in in terms of, you know, dealing with a GP, they tell you, you've got this, take this four times a day, and that's it, really. You don't necessarily go back. And I think a big part of me getting better with the whole thyroid thing was when I was working with the homeopath, you know, she said, take note each month, what are your TSH levels, your T4, let's what, you know, they need to be doing this, let's watch it. And, you know, you could see each month when I was going for my blood, my routine tests, and I was making a note in my diary, actually, you can see that what is changing, what isn't. And then she would amend the homeopathic remedies, depending on what was going mm. on and that's how I got better really mm. and a big part of that was owning the illness mm. and dealing with it and there was this one thing she said to me I never forget in the first consultation I had with her and she said you you, you can't give from an empty cup mm. look at you you're depleted mm. and it was so true really at the time I didn't really sort of see the correlation but I was absolutely on my knees really mm. you know working hard and probably not eating as well as I should have been and um, you know, the thyroid was in major overdrive, and it was all about slowing that down. But a big part of that was to actually put yourself first. You mm. know, don't put everyone else first. Um, you know, family, work, whatever. And again, the homeopathic remedies are really good at working on that mental, emotional mm. state um, in a really subtle way. And you know, someone who might be really teary or you know, in overdrive. The remedies will slow all that down. And before you know it, you approach things completely differently emotionally, which in turn affects you physically. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of holistic medicine is you're working on the whole being, Mm. the whole person. You're not just fixing the liver problem or the thyroid problem. You know, you're dealing with how that person approaches things Mm. or... Um, you know deals with life day to day and it will move you I really believe that homeopathy moves everybody or the individual into the best place that they can be Mm. because it won't do anything your body's not capable of Mm. it will only rebalance really Mm. and whether that's an emotional rebalance or a physical rebalance it doesn't really matter it will do I mean, obviously you select the remedy depending on what you want it to do mm. um, but it will only it just brings people that's what I see now in my everyday practice it brings people to the best that they can be mm. yeah and um, I think that you yeah hit the nail on the head exactly the this 
the the idea of holistic medicine and the fact that you know your your mental well-being and your physical well-being are just so intertwined and actually that's something that I discussed with um the the doctor that I interviewed about meditation and the effect on the effect that meditation has on physical health and he was you know we were using pain as an example you know like chronic pain um and you know he might see patients that have you know chronic back pain issues and he actually prescribes meditation because he understands you know that there is this strong link he's probably seen as (laughs) an outlier in terms of the medical profession so but hopefully I I do think it's really important that more doctors take that approach and um and we were saying I remember asking you kind of who who are the kind of people that would seek out homeopaths and you was you I was quite surprised to hear you say that um you think that the number of people kind of going for homeopathy is is decreasing um but that uh, often people come to it when they're just not they've tried really hard for a long time to go down the conventional medicine route and then they've just thought okay this isn't working what else you know what can yes. I try and then that's how they might come across yes. homeopathy which is kind of what happened with you isn't it yes that's right I think there's a sort of a, a state of desperation often actually that bring people to it or you know it might be other family members you'll find that I find as a you know a working homeopath I'll treat one person in the family and then they get better so then they say oh my wife wants to talk to you now or my daughter I do that a lot you end up with a whole family um which is which is wonderful I mean you rarely meet anyone where you'll treat them or you give them remedies and then they don't you know they don't come back for more really yeah, yeah. as it is it's I always joke that it's like one of the world's best kept secrets you know <laughs> it's like this is wonderful um medicine out there that it's you know it's these days it feels like it's 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 harder for people to to access it you know mm. it used to be free on the NHS you know it's not anymore I think there might be one left I think uh, Bristol might have a homeopathic hospital left but they've literally all been eaten up really Mm. they've gone and what are some of the most common reasons someone might come to a homeopath or is that a silly question or is it you know they come to you for all sorts of reasons or are there some conditions that you see more frequently in your practice um insomnia is a big thing i treat a lot of people for that stress and anxiety these days um i treat it's interesting actually because there's a lot of my elderly patients I'd say I've got chest complaints and mm-hmm. I get very good you know really good results with them um, you know you'd think sometimes I have you know someone in their 70s might come with you know two or three pages of medicines there on like literally have listed <laughs> out they're on like 16 medicines a day or something and I think oh will the remedies get through this you know there's a lot going in and they do mm. but obviously for someone in their 70s or 80s it's about improving their quality of life mm. you're not going to change their you know their um their asthmatic uh you know health or mm-hmm. um you know they might have some serious kind of chest or lung problem but you can definitely make it better you mm. know they will report back that their breathing's easier they can walk up the st- stairs easier they're wheezing less they're not coughing at night you know often people in their 70s have to sort of sit, sit sleep sitting up sorry sleep and yeah, slightly yeah. propped up yeah, and yeah. you know all of that will change um and that so that's good and that's the, you amazing. know yeah the mobility will improve energy levels improve less infection 
I treat a lot of people who would be getting recurring infections, whether it's a mm. chest infection or water infections. And, you know, literally within the first few weeks, the infections stop. And then you kind of put them onto sort of a, maintain, a maintenance program. And, you know, you don't have to see them every, you know, initially you might see everyone, someone every three, four weeks, but mm. then it will reduce down to sort of once every three months. And so, yeah, it's really, it's Gosh. hard not to enjoy doing it because yeah. <laughs> people really do get better from it. So that gives you a really lovely um, sense of well-being about yeah. your job, really. And that must be quite contrasting to how you felt about, your work in television like because you know I don't suppose there's many <laughs> you wouldn't have been going home after a day's work working on like the clothes show and thinking oh, I've really helped that 70 year old man you know sleep better at night you know yes. it's how how does that feel yes no I think you know as you get older as well I think you you know your wants change don't they so it's more about nurturing isn't it I think when you're younger you know, it is a bit of a faster pace. And, um, you know, there were those moments in TV, particularly in that kind of, like, Channel 4 stuff that I did where, you know, you do makeovers. There's lots of makeovers yeah. as well back then. <laughs> they were really popular. I used to love uh, I mean, yeah. a probably guilty pleasure. I would quite enjoy watching one of those exactly. shows. I mean, how could you not? You know, you see someone who doesn't look too great at the start and then they look fantastic <laughs> at the end. Um, you know, there were those feel-happy, um, feel-good moments but then I think, you know, once you have children and I think your priorities change as a woman and I think, for me, it became more about a, a nurturing role, mm. I think. And I also, by that point, I'd studied homeopathy. Mm. You know, it's probably my early 30s, probably about five years after the thyroid problem. I thought, well, how can this be? Mm. I genuinely was like, how can, how can I have got better with this medicine that <laughs> everyone thinks is there's nothing in it? Mm. And, um, and that's when I started studying it. So again, by the time I'd sort of had enough of the TV world, I'd really, I'd been practising homeopathy, only on a small scale. But I'd, you know, I'd got a bit more confident with it and having a baby really helped actually because yeah. homeopathy is wonderful for childbirth, for yeah. children, for babies. Yeah. You know, it's the one medicine you can give kids because mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of medicine isn't too good for children. So that, again, gave me confidence with it. Yeah. And in fact, it was when I think Albert just started school and a school mum, I'd given her some remedies for her asthmatic son who's no longer asthmatic. I mean, that's the other thing with kids. You can treat them with homeopathy and it totally will clear conditions you know I've had kids who are asthmatic two three they're no no longer they get to seven or eight they don't have it anymore because they're so pure their immune system you can really mm. reverse stuff mm. not allowed to say that but you can you know you can take them out of the state really mm. um because you're supporting the immune system and because mm. they're young and they've got good vitality and energy yeah it's it sorts it sorts them out Obviously, with an adult or someone in their 60s, 70s, their vitality is less. Yeah. So you could, often you won't be able to reverse conditions, but you really can with kids. It's wonderful to see. You mentioned you, you mentioned something about you know people thinking oh that nothing's in it. So because I know you know for the critics out there they might say oh it's just you know sugar pills or sugar water placebo. or placebo. Yeah, placebo exactly. I mean what what is it like what is homeopathy (laughs) i don't actually really know no well it's um it was devised by a german doctor 
in the late 1800s who was um, I think a fantastic doctor in his own right but what he found was back then they weren't really curing or making people better they were you know they're people they're doing all the blood sucking with leeches and people mm. were just getting more and more poorly so he literally sat down for a number of years and started um, you know using natural things I think he started with the bark from a tree and just to see you know what that would do and what he found was that the more of a minimum dose he used the less of of the the herb or whatever he was using for the medicine the less he used the more powerful effect it had mm. so that's where homeopathy has got this there's almost nothing in it mm-hmm. because it's a minimal amount mm-hmm. so something like uh, a remedy called um, arsenic and album is made from arsenic mm. but it's actually such a minute dose that you have on that remedy that goes into the body mm. that it just rebalances so that remedy for example is for food poisoning or okay. but it's made from arsenic so you do this like for like yeah. it's the law of similars is what okay. we call homeopathy so um you know if you've got a sickness bug there's a remedy that's made that's actually poisonous from a tree but mm-hmm. that's really good a remedy called nux vomica it's made from the nut of a tree but it's, it's if you digested a whole one you die but oh my god a, <laughs> a minute dose of it is perfectly yeah. good for the human body okay because let's face it the human body is quite an incredible yeah thing isn't it you cut your hand it will heal mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything your hand that cut will seal up mm-hmm. however if you put a lovely stitch in it or you push it in a certain direction it'll look it'll look a bit nicer mm-hmm. so that's the thing you're really just stimulating the body mm-hmm. nudging it in the right direction to rebalance mm-hmm. and fix itself mm. so um so yes it's the minimum dose really so if you were to take those things in the full sense it wouldn't be good so no. that's why when people look at it scientifically they say how can this be mm. there's nothing in it it's such a small amount how can that fix you hence the placebo mm. thing mm. but um it does mm-hmm. yeah i mean i did think um with all of the kind of complementary medicines and you, you touched on the fact you know yes that you pay to see a homeopath unless yeah if you're lucky and live in a place where the nhs still provides it yes i do think that there's something in kind of building rapport with the practitioner and kind of developing a relationship that also helps people to feel better as well because it might be the first time that they've actually sat down with a professional and been listened to and and actually someone given them the time to go through how they're feeling and you know because I can't imagine you for one minute dismissing anything that someone says about the way that they're feeling or whereas a doctor often just you know would dismiss yes. them so I, I do think that that's a really powerful element of it as well yes. like that relationship that you form with people that you treat must yes. be really absolutely beneficial as well absolutely I think having that space isn't it holding that space mm-hmm. for someone for an hour or however long it takes it might be an hour and a half um, is really really valuable mm-hmm. and actually I think people will start thinking I'll just go for one appointment or two <laughs> and then I see this now more and more with women who think no I'm going to pay for that hour for myself yeah. and they feel better for it yeah. and they can be really honest obviously it's all confidential yeah. and that sometimes for some people it's the only time they're really really honest mm. about how they feel mm. who they're living with um, what they think about their kids you know because <laughs> yeah. it's all a really sacred space mm. and um, 
and I think it's wonderful to see actually because I think as working mums or even not working mums often we don't put ourselves first Mm. you're always thinking of others Mm. and actually that time dedicating that hour or hour and a half to yourself is Mm. really valuable Mm. really good for you yeah absolutely maybe I should start doing that one other thing that I wanted to touch on was because we have kind of skirted around it but that you eventually completely gave up your your job in tv and went a hundred percent just just doing homeopathy and do you want to just talk a bit about how you felt kind of stepping away from that because you'd been working in your tv job for quite a long time you obviously had good job security and a well-paid job etc like yes. how did that feel yes that was really quite hard actually Um, And I look back now and I think, why did you even worry about it? But (laughs) at the time, it was massive, you know, to turn your back on something that you've worked so hard for and really enjoyed on the whole. Um, And, you know, I sort of worked my way up the ladder and, you know, I was over by this point. I was a head of production for a TV company and I was Mm. running like five or six productions, you know, like a hundred staff. It was really quite Mm. good. you know I'd arrived if you like (laughs) but equally there was loads of stress with it and I wanted a change I think Mm -hmm. um I was you know mid-40s by that point and I suppose some of the shine had worn off a bit (laughs) um and I sort of had this dream oh you know I could be a full-time homeopath why don't I do it and but it was hard it was really hard because I had to convince my husband that we didn't need the big salary that I'd been earning all these years (laughs) and b that I'd equally I'd be able to still earn money and and don't worry if everything goes wrong darling I'll go back to telly I remember that was my line (laughs) and then covid struck Um, oh god (laughs) but no uh so it was hard, but I, again, and a, a big thing as well, I remember thinking, but you're too old to change your career. But mm. really, mid-40s, you know, you're halfway through your life, probably, if you're lucky. Mm. You know, it's a good time to change. Mm. You know, why keep doing the same thing? Mm. You've only got one life, haven't you? So yeah, absolutely. I look back now and think, you know, what were you worrying about? Mm. But equally, you know, I don't earn the big, big salary like I did. So, you know, <laughs> you've got to be prepared for those changes. Um, so, you know, maybe one day I would go back to it. But as long as I, you know, I can survive, I will keep doing what I do. Because mm-hmm. I think that whole, um, you know, well-being and work-life balance, mm. that's so important. Mm. And if you're not happy and you're miserable and you're stressed it's only going to make you ill mm, isn't it mm. so it is a it's a fine line about and fine balance really yeah and making sure that you can tick all of the boxes in mm. a healthy way mm. i think that's key i think when you've been so unwell you know you don't want to go back to those stages and that will often push you along and keep mm. you trying to keep the balance keep- <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> balance is the thing. Yeah. And on that line, um, let's talk a bit about um, one thing that we both love that we do to try and tip the balance yes. in our favour, which is swimming. Yeah, wild swimming, sea swimming. Um, I mean, I only started in November, and that was with the wetsuit, and then yeah, I was doing sort of semi-regular swims maybe once a week although I wouldn't necessarily go every week if I thought that the waves looked too big or whatever I'd, I wouldn't go <clears throat> um, and then yeah February is when I ditched the wetsuit and then just recently I've started trying to go more frequently so I mean do you want to share 
how you got started with swimming, sea swimming and yes. what, how you feel it's had an effect on you. Yes, no, I, I absolutely love it, as you know. So <laughs> here we are living in Devon, you know, a few miles from the coast. It's one of those things that you kind of think, oh, you know, I should go and <laughs> swim a bit more often. But obviously in the UK and the weather's dire and freezing seas, you kind of think, everyone thinks you're crackers if you suggest you're going to do it, don't they? Yeah. But um, yes, I'm a friend of mine um, who you know, uh, she said, oh, you know, there's Viva swimming on a Sunday morning. So yeah, I joined in the December loved it just going once a week and it was quite bracing and nice and social to get Mm. out isn't it with other girls and women and mums it was good fun have a bit of a cup of tea and a chat afterwards (laughs) but then before we know it we're all uh, diving you know we're going in without the wetsuit or I say half of us are um and again, it was. The, I remember somebody saying, "Oh, yeah, anybody fancy doing a sunrise swim?" And I said, "No, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't get up that early." And again, a week later, somebody said, "Why don't you just try it?" So we tried it, or I tried it, and yeah, I absolutely love it. And now I found myself going daily if I can mm-hmm. at sunrise, which means setting the alarm at five thirty, yeah. <laughs> leaving the house at five forty-five, in the sea by six a.m. And it really is fantastic. Mm. I feel if I don't do it, I feel I've missed out. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had the right start to the day. <laughs> and um, and if I do do it, I literally, I remember thinking on day two, how much better mood-wise. And I'm yes. not somebody that struggles, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I don't struggle too much with low mood or yeah. depression or anxiety. But, you know, we can all have good days, mm-hmm. bad days. But generally, on the whole, I'm, you know, I'm on the level, really. And I really felt quite enlightened or brighter, (laughs) energised. I can't explain it. It's just fantastic how you feel so much more just invigorated Invigorated. about life. And I feel more productive. I'm more energetic. I get more work done. It's the most incredible feeling, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And I think um, because I've not, I um, I haven't been, because I've had this cold for the last week or so, so I haven't been going regularly um and this morning what i thought i was gonna drop athena off at kindergarten and then go to the beach and i would have a quick dip but then complete sh- shit show of the morning um <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway i called fred and i was like oh i'm not gonna have time now you know because mandy's coming over we're gonna record the podcast and i think he could see that on my mood because my i do suffer with low mood and so the swimming has really p- helped pick that up but he was like right I'm going to do anything. What do you need to make this happen so you can get into the water? Because I think he was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be so difficult to live with for the rest of the day if she doesn't get to go in. Um, Yeah, so I I mean, I I totally agree with everything that you just said. And I think for me, it definitely helps pick up my mood. But um, yeah, I definitely feel more energised. And I think less... I feel less resentment as well. Like sometimes Mm. I find that maybe you don't suffer feeling resentful, but yeah, like if I get woken up by the kids really early, if I've gone out swimming, well, A, I'm not there to be woken up because I'm already out the door. So it's like, ha you've missed the opportunity of ruining my morning because I've taken control of it. Um, Yes. I think that's it, isn't it? It's like taking control and saying like, 
you know something for you yeah actually isn't mm-hmm. it because you're really committed to it because mm-hmm. you know you've got to want to get up let's face it at 5 30 you've got to hear that alarm go off and you've got to get out of bed yeah which isn't a natural time initially no so you want to do it but that's what's incredible as well is how it drives you out yeah. of bed like yeah. you want to have that feeling yeah you want to get in that cold water and feel the tingling yeah on all your cells yeah. it is i really recommend it to anyone and everyone I think it's one of the best things I've ever tried, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, so, homeopathy, cold water swimming. <laughs> but we both, if we get all of that under our belt, we'll yes. basically be feeling a lot yeah. better. Supersonic, <laughs> won't we? Yeah. Thank you, Mandy. You've been wonderful. Thank you. Thank um, you, Katie. Yeah, I've loved chatting to you. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks, Mandy. I know you're gay.